Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 12, Episode 8, titled Droop. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one Goopy Droopy co-host. From the podcast pod is my co-pilot. Please say... I'll see your ass in court. <laughs> to Taylor... The Latte Boy. Hello, Taylor the Latte Boy. Hello, Joseph Batanz. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. Doing okay. Uh, you know, I, I love how I do that. You know, one of my, I think I've talked about this in the show before, is one of my favorite things about when I used to do stand-up is, you know, you hang out with the comics at a bar beforehand. If, if you're the host of the show, you have to go back and forth and bring on somebody, you take somebody off. I used, to host a sh- I used to host a lot of shows, and when I hosted shows, I'd be having a conversation. Like, let's say you were a comic. I'd be talking to you uh-huh. at the bar for 20 minutes, and i go, hold on, i got to bring you up. Then I'd go to the stage, and i go like, all right, well, welcome to your next comic. You know, you've seen him on Pod as my co-pod. Taylor Latte Boy. And then you come up, and then I shake your hand as if we haven't been talking for 20 minutes. And uh, and th- that's what it feels like right now, where Taylor and I have been talking. We've just finished a conversation for 20 minutes. We have a segment called Just Between Us Girls, and if you are not a Patreon subscriber at the premium level, you don't know what we're talking about. But we talked about, what did we talk about today? We talked about uh, Blake Mitchell, porn star Blake Mitchell. We, we talked, talked about plus-size male models. We talked about plus-size male models. We talked about how a person who listens to the show set up a thirst trap account for his uh, boyfriend. Um, we, talked about, we talked about people who sing in the car on oh, Instagram. Yeah. We talked, Taylor went at length about how he eats Entenmann's donuts. Mm-hmm. That's not a euphemism. They're actual Entenmann's donuts. Yeah. You know, by the way, now I'm wishing I could quit the pit premium level. Now that I know what we talked about. <laughs> I'm like, wait a Stupid shit that we talked about. Uh, anyway. It's, it's It's what the people want. It's what the and people by, want. And what, and what, by what the people want, I mean, what four people want. <laughs> yeah, what four people want. But you know what, Taylor? Let's jump right into the show. This week, the Queens throw shade and subscription box mini challenge. For the maxi challenge, the girls must create their own product to sell in an infomercial. On the runway category is Black Wedding. Heidi sell. I was going to almost post this thing where I said, how long before RuPaul says, why I got to be black? Uh, which I don't think she did. She said, why I got to be wedding? Uh, why got to be wedding? Heidi sells herself well and wins the maxi challenge while Widow Von Du and Jan per- underperform and end up fighting for their spot in the competition. Jan quite can't wait. Blah, blah, blah. Jan can't quite deliver and is asked to sashay away while Widow survives to see another bait. <laughs> Can you tell him I'm surviving on four hours of sleep? I was uh, going to say, and that yeah, coffee hasn't kicked in yet. No, the coffee has not kicked in. Taylor the Latte Boy named two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. All right. I, for the most part, really liked this episode. I thought this was a really good episode. Um, it gave us just enough storyline mm-hmm. and uh, I, I, everything about this. I think, for the most part, everybody was where they were supposed to be as far as in ranking and that sort of stuff. The things that I liked were, I'm not sure if this is replacing the reading challenge this year Mm -hmm. or if we're getting this on top of it, but I really liked this mini challenge. Okay. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was something different where they still got to be shady to each other, Mm -hmm. but there was, there there was, it it wasn't just, you know, we've talked about how bad the reading challenge has gotten over the years. Mm -hmm. And I was glad to see that this was something slightly different. And if we get a reading challenge, I'm still interested in seeing it, but I I was glad for this. And I will make your life slightly easier today. 
I'm so. about to make your life slightly easier. What are you doing? I, I loved every single look that came down the runway. No, every single my, one. That makes my life hard. Why? Because you're gonna want to talk about every single fucking look and no, the peplums no, and the I, this I, and I the can that. do it, but I can, I can, I can just say now, I loved every single look. Um, the one thing I did not like was. I am not a fan of this Bob Harper. Um, I have real problems with him and didn't recognize when they were showing him like on the previews for stuff. I didn't realize that's who that was because I just remember him from 10 years ago on The Biggest Loser. And I know that, you know, he's gone through some things and but with the whole the tattoos and the and the bleach blonde hair and I, I I'm not a fan of Bob Harper at all. So when I saw that he kind of hitched his wagon to this train, I was a little, oh. He but. looked horrible. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I know he had a heart attack. Okay? Yeah. But, did now maybe it does, but he he's weathered and aged in a way that I'm like, holy shit, right? And look, there's yeah. nothing wrong with that, you know? But... To me, then you accept that and you don't bleach your hair. And what's with the awful... Did the heart attack give him awful tattoos on his arm? Those horrible... It just looked like he was wearing, like... It was like he just said, like, I just want, like, I just... You know when you get, like, a test page on the computer? Yeah. Like, just the whole arm was black. You couldn't make out any definitive tattoo. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not... I remember... I was a big fan of The Biggest Loser when it was first on the first couple of years. Her name and is Lori Reichenkamp, but okay. <laughs> first couple of years of Afterthought Media yeah. when she was on, I was mm-hmm. a big fan of The Biggest Loser. I just feel like, you know, the more that we learned about that show, once the first couple of seasons were off their uh, non-disclosure agreement contracts and could share what they what actually happened on that show versus actual progress and success. Um, plus, the whole I, I remember I remember him specifically like at one point he had some he had some like big guy that he was like walking up the side of the Hollywood Hills or something. The guy was like panting and like clearly couldn't breathe. It was struggling. And he comes up behind him as the guy is literally on all fours and he comes up and he puts his hands in the middle of his back and he goes, I'm saving your life right now. And I'm like, no, you're not. You're doing this for the camera, dude. Yeah. You know, and. Just the whole there was that, and I remember the first season that I didn't watch because it had started to get more and more extreme. Was in the preview for the next season, they showed an old man looking like he was having a heart attack Mm -hmm. because they had like a senior couple, and where like the wife is, and like that's what you're putting in the preview for this. Like, so just everything about it is just kind of gross to me. And I know that he's the host of The Biggest Loser now. Oh, he is. Yes, they started doing it again. I think on USA, and he's he's the host now, and they have other people who. Yeah, because it used to be that fat pig Caroline Ray, right? Which is always so ironic that she was she was only for the first season, and then it was Allison Sweeney who was on Days of Our Lives. Oh, I thought whatever happened to Caroline Ray? She occasionally does like the Comedy Central roasts. I just watched a Comedy Central roast roast of I think like Rob Lowe, and she was on that and. I mean, you know, she did Sabrina for years. But she was one of these people that were always trying to make a thing. You know? There was okay, they all there's always a boring blonde white lady that Hollywood tries to make a thing. First ever there was this Caroline Ray. No one cares Mm -hmm. about her, right? 
Then Bonnie Hunt. Bonnie, I thought, literally, the word that was about, it was like, literally, it was, it was coming out was Bonnie Hunt. Bonnie Hunt. Yeah. And now there's Eliza Schlesinger, who is a horrible human being. I knew her from <laughs> Nancy Stand- Travis. Nancy who? Travis is another one that they're constantly throwing in sitcoms and throwing in TV shows. Oh, who's Nancy Travis? I don't know who that is. She She's on the, the Tim Allen sitcom now. She plays his wife. Oh, okay. But she uh, was one of those actresses that for a while, like, they would bring her into shows and it would almost immediately get canceled after she – she was sort of like one of those, like uh, like the guy that was on uh, Happy, Happy Days, Days and he was yeah. on Married with Children mm-hmm. and he was on The Love Boat. Ted McGinley. Ted McGinley. Like, he was another one that he would show up on things and then immediately he would uh, things would get canceled. Yeah, yeah. They just try and make him these things. It shows you how little Hollywood knows yeah. sometimes. Uh, there's Eliza Selection is a horrible human being. Mean, she's mean. Oh, what a horrible, mean person she is. I don't like her. I don't know. I don't know. And by the way, it's not just a Joe thing. I don't know any comics that like her. And I just hear constantly story after story about what a horrible human being she is. Mm-hmm. I'm glad she hasn't taken off. I hope she never takes off. It's a terrible person. Anyway, hi. What were we talking about? Well, what are what are two things you liked and one thing you did not? Oh yeah. That's going to be rough for this episode, and that's not saying that this is a bad episode because it's you know a bad episode. I have a time where I go like I want to say two things I didn't like and one thing I did. Uh, yeah. To me, I didn't like it as much as you did. I didn't hate it. To me, it was a very standard run of the mill issue episode. Right? It was the episode like that's what RuPaul's Drag Race is, and I was yeah. entertained. Um, but I'll forget it by next week. You know. Um, what things I liked? Ooh. Okay, I like that. I like I I like you. I I liked all the wedding dresses that came down. Even though mm-hmm. I feel wedding dress is an easy challenge uh, for any whether it's Project Runway or uh, a drag show, I think it's a, it's it's a challenge that lends itself to always looking good. You yeah, know? there's the there there's a lot of variation in what you could classify as a, as we saw. Nobody yeah. had the same silhouette. There were yeah. similar silhouettes, but nothing spot on. Uh, another thing I liked is I'm glad that uh, Crystal is growing on the judges, and it seems they're really pushing the Crystal storyline uh, as much as I saw from the beginning of the season. But I will say, Taylor, because Crystal's a weird one for me, and I'll tell mm-hmm. you why. Because I know both you and I had the same opinion after the Meet the Queens, right? Yeah. Where we were like, she seems defeated. Her energy is low, uh, and so that that led us to uh, predict that she was like, the first one out. Okay, yeah. What's weird though is sometimes when we're wrong, we're like, oh, like Heidi and Closet is a perfect example. I, I think I was underwhelmed by Heidi and her Meet the Queens video, but as we saw, she is full of a lot of life and charisma, and yeah. is not indicative of the Meet the Queens. What's weird about Crystal is I think she's still that person from Meet the Queens, but for some reason, uh, it somehow flourishes in uh, the show. Uh, I think she's still insecure. I think she doesn't have the biggest charisma, you know, Um, and uh, she pretty much of the C-U-N-T, from what I can see, she just has more a lot of like you. Well, like, I'd say she has more of U and T, and not okay. necessarily the CNN. You're right, and um, and so like it's weird that like my opinions change, but she really hasn't from Meet the Queens. I think I think the Meet the Queens video 
pretty much showed us who she is. Mm-hmm. And so uh, uh, it's 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 bizarre that my opinions change. Um, so one thing you did not. I don't like this challenge very much. I generally don't I, like it, the the branding challenges. So yeah, it's tough because they want That's, the queens to write these comedy things, and they're not really comedy people. That's the, what I initially wrote um, that I did not didn't like. I wrote the main challenge, but then I, I uh, some of them were actually pretty good. Oh, I really? thought, yeah, some I some thought- of them were good. some of them were not good, but I mean, it was still it was better than other ones that we've seen. I, I said this last night in the first response, which is, and this is why this is a tough episode for me, is there was nothing I loved and there was nothing I hated. So a lot of it's going to be like, yeah, it was a thing. And that's that's what makes it tough for, like, it's e- when you're uh, critiquing something or analyzing something, when it's really horrible or really great, your job is very easy. Yeah. But when it's just like a B or B minus, then you're like... It's fine. Yeah. You know? I think I think you saying I was entertained is a really good is is a good way to describe it. It was definitely something where I sat. I was oddly Evie oddly? Yeah, I was Evie oddly. So I so I'm about to bend backwards for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um the end of this episode, for some reason for me, I I think I this week was rough with work. And oh, um, I think that I was kind of in my feelings a little bit. So watching mm-hmm. the end of it, I was my emotions were heightened watching it. Um, and the, particularly the lip sync, um, Widow's lip sync was kind of on my list of things that I really like, too. I feel like Widow's lip sync was one of the best, if not the best lip sync of this season, maybe one of the best lip syncs of the series. Of the series? Of this, not like top five, but definitely in the top, in the top of the, I thought she, I thought it was, this felt to me very similar to Dita Ritz in front of Natalie Cole kind of thing where she was not going to, she, she, this, this was a love letter to Shaka Khan kind oh, of wow. thing. And I, I was very, and I, as I, I kind of, I, I, I snuck into the discord discussion last night a little mm-hmm. bit and this song in particular, I love this song. Mm-hmm. So it was just very much watching her do that was very, was, and, and the whole thing with untucked was, was a nice thing for widow. Um, what does nice that thing to, do? to watch widow go through that? What does that have to do with you sneaking into discord? Because I mentioned in there that I oh, love this you song. spoke. That oh, I okay, absolutely yeah. love this song. And was watching some of the listeners not know who Shaka Khan was. Mm-hmm. And had made a joke that I was going to keep a list. And that I was going to tell you who you needed to block from listening to the show. Well, that's a good question. Because it came from the first response yesterday. And I have it in my notes. When RuPaul announced Shaka Khan was going to be on that. Now, obviously, Widow had a visceral reaction. Yeah. But then the other girls are like... And no, they seemed a little bit more excited than. Do you think Crystal knew who Shaka Khan was? I would hope so. I would really hope, so. particularly, you know, if you're going to be, you need to know your drag history, and you need to know the history of of that. You know, particularly even if nothing else, know who Rue is a big fan of. So if you 
if it's something where she says, you know, if you don't know who Diana Ross is yeah. from the Supremes and mm-hmm. just Diana Ross, I would hope you know who Diana Ross is because Rue has talked about how much she loves Diana Ross. I'm and Shaka Khan seems to be the same, maybe not at the same level as Diana Ross for Rue, but she has referenced Shaka Khan before. We've talked about one of my one of the best lip syncs, as far as I'm concerned, from the episode that we did a while back mm-hmm. was um, Trinity doing I'm Every Woman. Trinity in April doing I'm Every Woman. So this it it felt it felt on par with that today. Um, Here, last night, I mean, here's my question. Is I don't know if it's a question. I want you to, to sort of educate me. This is actually one where we I wish Larry Flick were on to help. Okay. I actually don't know that much about Shaka Khan. I mean, I know she exists, and I know mm-hmm. I'm every woman. I know I feel for you, and that's yeah. probably the what's the what and what's the song that goes Shaka Khan, Shaka Khan. That's I feel for you. Okay, those yeah, are the, those are the two songs I know. Right? I don't know. Which, that's a remake. Else. That's a, that 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 I feel for you is a cover. Oh, who? Prince. Oh, real? That that's that's an old Prince song from the early '80s. Yeah, which I have that the Shaka Khan version I like better. But that's also that that the album I feel for you is one of those albums that I loved. I had the cassette when I was a kid, and I loved listening to that. And this is my night is the first song, and I I'm almost positive. When we did an episode where you talked about songs that you think should be lip syncs, mm-hmm. I mentioned "This Is My Night" and saying that would be a great song for a for a drag queen to for well, lip sync to do. It's funny that you say that, Taylor, because you're right. We did an episode where you, myself, and Evan Ayers, uh, you and Evan Ayers chose the um, top ten lip syncs of all time, and you read your list on the air. And mm-hmm. I talked about songs that should be lip syncs, which I think as of to this day, I think that season after of two of them were on the show. Yeah. But um, uh, you can now go back. It used to be unavailable. You can now go back and listen to it. And by the way, it's also supposedly, there's the whole technical side of things that I can't get into this episode because I don't understand it myself. Um, it should be that everybody, even if you're not a Patreon supporter, can go listen to at patreon.com slash afterthought media. In theory, you should be able to do that. Uh, yes. I might have more details for that in the rumor mill this week because that's a great episode, by the way. It is a great episode. The, the, the episode of us with, with Evan and I doing our top 10 lip syncs. And I don't know if it made it to the air, but then after we were off the air, Evan was so drunk. <laughs> I was going to say, and you also get to hear the effects of alcohol over two and a half hours on a human being. <laughs> yeah, Evan starts off not drunk, and by the end, he's sloppy drunk and uh, uh, propositions me and Taylor to show us his ass. He was going to show us, uh, he, he because he was practicing, um, uh, he had butt plugs that he was using oh, for that's bottoming. Right. That's right. And he, right. Was like, he was like, I can get one in, I'll show you right now. Yeah. And I was like... that. that- <laughs> yes go on and taylor was like nope stop no don't do it because he was at because he was out of control and that that's something where it's one thing if he was stone cold sober and said i'll show it to you no problem mm-hmm. that's different but the, i that felt very um that felt very uh pass the sorority girl around kind of thing and i was not comfortable with well that, so. fyi it didn't happen everyone should know no. and two uh uh well but let's say he was stone cold sober this is a good question here let's say he was stone cold sober he offered it 
What would Babalu's opinion? Uh, 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 would he? Would you be allowed to watch that? Well, but I I wouldn't ask for permission before he did it, you know. And if he happened to, do, <laughs> could you hear the thunder? <laughs> I heard the thunder. I think that was Babalu's That's anger the, hearing about. about yes, that. Babalu knows that we're talking of this, and it angers it angers the Cuban god. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I I would just I would just say, by the way, Evan showed us his ass, and he would go what, and then I would explain the situation, and and Babalu would just shake his head. All right, let's move on. After Britta's elimination, the group congratulates Gigi on her third win. Jan breaks down crying because her best friend Britta just went home, but the other girls suspect it's because Jan didn't win the last challenge. Uh, the next day, Jan skips into the workroom ahead of the others. I'm fine. What are you talking about? I mean, nothing happened. <laughs> Before RuPaul enters to announce this week's mini challenge. For today's mini challenge, you'll be pairing up to share the gift of shade and so much more. Now, using these wonderful products provided by FabFitFun, you need to curate a box for your bosom buddies. Uh-huh. And then you'll exchange gifts and share the love with a whole lot of shade on the side. Yeah. They uh, paired up uh, the girls uh, for this challenge. It was a mini challenge where they had to read each other, uh, like almost like just being like cunty girls hanging out. And uh, it was Gigi and Jackie, and they were sitting down with Crystal and Jada. Let's talk about that first. Uh, Taylor, what were your thoughts on that one? Well, can we go back to when they first came in from after the elimination? Oh, yeah, 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 sure. Because that was really kind of where the meat of the any sort of storyline goes, and that was the breakdown of Jan. Yeah. And I think that this whole, you know, Britta was my best friend, and now my best friend is gone, and I, I don't understand why my best friend isn't here, and best friend, best, best friend, which I just keep picturing Ginger, Minge, and Katya. Yeah. Like, I that kept going through my head. But I also think that the girls were spot on, that this wasn't about Britta. Or if it was about – it wasn't about Britta to the extent – that Jan was saying she mm-hmm. was shook. Mm-hmm. She was shook. She expected to win last week's challenge and mm-hmm. she didn't. Yeah. And she doesn't know what Rue wants or yeah. what she thinks she what she thinks Rue wants is wrong. Mm-hmm. And as a result, she's she she's in her head, which mm-hmm. which goes right to the next day of where I'm fine, everybody. Everything's yeah. okay. Everything's great. I think that she's we're watching her spiral. Yeah. Yeah, it, it it did it did as a mental health professional did it did it read to you like that like um, a version of like I'm asking for a friend. Let's say a yeah. friend didn't win this competition. Yeah, but this, what would the, that be like? Yeah, what would it be like? Because it's like, why do you care so much that Britta went home? Yeah, like but now maybe because of editing we didn't see it, but it didn't seem like she was that tight with Britta during the competition, and that's. I was going to say that too. There's there was no storyline up to this point talking about how they were close. I mean, yes, they knew each other, but you would have thought at some point, especially when the pictures came out of the two of them, mm-hmm. where you know they've competed against each other in the past, yeah. and that they've been friends. And you, you would have thought that would have worked its way. Knowing this is coming down the line, they would have presented that more. I feel like other friendships, you know, an example, even though they didn't lip sync against each other, Jan and Britta didn't lip sync, mm-hmm. like Raven and Juju B. Yeah, is something that over the course of their season and over the course of All Stars, we saw that these two genuinely seem to love each other, and it, it's it's where th- this kind of came out of nowhere. 
this whole discussion. Uh, let's put a pin in this right here. Maybe Humble can remind me later because I think it's something I want to talk about at the end because it 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 it, go, it speaks to the end where there is a lot of uh love for Jan, particularly, and I'm not saying it's a racist thing from white people who are really upset to see her go, and I don't it it boggles my mind because um. I not that I felt Jan was a terrible drag queen or anything, and I agree she's cute as a boy. Okay, yeah, but it's one of these things where like I felt if if we're judging the competition purely on the basis of the competition and what we see is the truth, even though we all know that's not the reality, we have to accept yeah. that as the truth. Is Jan's run on the show was unremarkable. With the exception of a of a brief bright spot last week, I felt she was unremarkable, not bad. Just I didn't see anything of note. And so why people are so pressed that she's gone, uh, unless you have big thoughts on that right now, Taylor. Um, uh, I think I think people, uh, people, particularly this audience, mm-hmm. stan a cute white boy. Mm-hmm. And of everyone we have left or everyone mm-hmm. we had left up before last night's episode. Yeah. Jan, in my opinion, was the cutest. Uh, well, maybe Jackie. But um no, I would say between Jan and Jackie, Jan is cuter. Jan is more somebody that I like to look at. But I also agree with you that she's been she has been higher end of middle of the road, but middle of the road. Mm-hmm. You know, she definitely has the energy, but she almost has too much energy, as we saw last night. Mm-hmm. And there was no she kept using the words refined mm-hmm. in untucked. And there was yeah. really no refinement. She was you know, as much as we made the jokes during the Meet the Queens of the, you know, I can sing, I can dance, I can act, mm-hmm. I can do that, you know, where she just talks, talks, talks. Yeah. She said that repeatedly through the show. Mm-hmm. So I think she was constantly just like throwing baseballs at people, constantly trying to get get attention. And it got to be where it was just too much. Yeah. Um, I think that last night, but of of the two, getting slightly ahead of the two um, commercials, Widows was worse. But not by much. Yeah, I, I feel. I to be honest with you, I feel there were a line of baseline acceptable. Uh, all of the sketches were very close to that line, only a little above and a little below. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't think there was any. I don't think there were any. We're getting ahead of ourselves, but I don't think there were any disasters. But I don't think there were any like home runs. To be honest, well, I think uh, Widows was kind of a disaster, but they were they were disasters for different reasons. Because if you have the middle of the line, you have the line in the middle. You have Widow was like close to no energy, and then you had Jan was on the ap- absolute opposite end of where I was like leaning back in my chair, sort of thing. Where you're like, oh my, it's not, it's too much. Stop coming at me. Yeah. Um, and that that I guess was the worst of the two. I think that honestly. That lip sync saved Widow last night. Well, well we're judging our head of ourselves, maybe because there's not much to talk about okay. in this episode. Yeah. But let's talk about this mini challenge here. Uh, the mini challenge were, okay, like I said, it was Gigi and Jackie were teamed up. Why there needed to be teams, I don't understand, actually. But, uh, oh, because they gave away two prizes. Um, yeah. Gigi and Jackie uh, matched up with Crystal and Jada. Uh, your thoughts uh, on this, uh, Taylor? I thought this was the better of the two skits, mm-hmm. the two the two um, competitions, and I thought that Jada uh, 
sorry. I thought that Jackie and Gigi were the better of the two. I thought that they did have some pretty funny things. And also one thing that I liked was while they were all kind of serving one another and they were being shady to one another at one point when widow said to Jackie, because she was talking when, when crystal said to Gigi, it's good for your two faces. And she mm-hmm. said, which one, the one that won or the other one that won or the third one. And widow said, compared to you who have no wins, mm-hmm. Jackie d- played into that with the whole like, Oh, you know, kind of thing. And I thought that yeah. was a cute, that was a cute moment. Um, I liked this, you know, as I talked about at the beginning of the show, if this is replacing this year for the reading challenge, mm-hmm. I'm here for it because it was something different. We mm-hmm. all seem to get excited when we see there's going to be the reading challenge. And over the last couple of seasons, you and I particularly have been very underwhelmed with mm-hmm. maybe maybe one joke, one or two jokes fly. But for the most part, they're not they're not they're not reads anymore. This felt like if some, if you were reading somebody this felt more like that of where you're saying something that's supposed to be like a compliment, but it's really sort of just a shitty, shady thing to do. Well, I think that uh, it, it, it's weird. I feel it was a very good idea. Did it rise to the success it needed to? I don't know. But uh, it was a good idea because you're right. The girls, for some reason, in the in the past few years, the reading challenges, they stopped reading each other and just said lame recycle it was very very bizarre what they were because they wouldn't read each other and then what was weird and this and this episode is no different is the girls are really good at reading each other when they're not having to read each other so in the elimination day that would actually be a bit an interesting uh twist on the reading challenge as well is to have the girls impersonate another girl because okay they were reading they kind of do that with the puppets yeah, you're right. They do do that with the puppets, yeah. um, but they've been hit and miss with doing the puppets too. I don't. Think, I don't think they did puppets last season. So yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I think everyone was like, "Where are the puppets?" So, um, so when they impersonate the other girls, that's usually a good way of reading. They, 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 but in the traditional classic reading challenge, they've been dropping it. I don't know if that was, but if that was the purpose, or if it was because they had a sponsor who wanted to sponsor the reading challenge, and they thought figured this was a way to do that. But yeah. you know what? It, it worked. Honestly, it worked. So, yeah. I mean, you know, the, the whole idea of it. And it wasn't just makeup stuff. I loved the being your mug is so <laughs> busted. I got you a new mug. Yeah. You know, the, the, it, I thought that some of the things and again, some of them did better than others, but it it, it was a little more clever. The, the girls had to be a little bit more clever, I thought, with this than they mm-hmm. do with the reading challenges. Of, you know, I mean, the example last season of the, you know, isn't she precious? Look, yeah. no, really, isn't she precious? You know, yeah. that that kind of thing just felt that it, it just was very low hanging fruit. Not mm-hmm. all of this was high hanging fruit either, but yeah. I it was something different. It was something different, but stayed within the scope of what they normally do for the reading challenge. Yeah. Um, all right. Very good. Um, God, my energy is so. Speaking of droop, it's just like. I could not get to sleep last night. I'm sorry. And then I had to finally take. I did get to sleep when I took a Xanax, but I was like, ugh. But you know, oh, that, so you probably still got Xanax in your system. Yeah, I probably still have Xanax in my system. Maybe just very like, meh. <laughs> show. I don't know. There were guys. They were wearing dresses. They walked up and down yeah, the stage. Whatever. This one. Well, went well home, especially whatever. with this episode. You know, this episode is like, I don't know, it's whatever, whatever. Anyway, hi everybody. Should, you know what? Let me try. And do, <laughs> Let me try and do We're something. We're taping a show. Yeah, let me do something here. What if I pre- do? You think I could pretend to be Showbatance? Do you think I can like, like, like zip it on? Let's I don't see. see why not. I mean, you, you, 
I always assume you're Shobatans, even when you're not feeling it, that, that, that you have the ability to. Well, I do think Joe Batanta. I'm not always Taylor. I'm not always. I'm not always Taylor. I'm, I think Shobatans is still that, sleeping. Well, then we'll go wake Shobatans up. I'm going to do that. Snap out of it. Play the Shobatans music. What's the Shobatans music? Is there Shobatans music? The Lori music. Do you think the Lori music is Shobatans music? <laughs> We we will. It's the Lori Roggenkam show, guest starring Showbatance. Here we go. Yeah! Wake up, Showbatance! You have a show to do right now. Okay. Um. Anyway, so Jackie and Gigi win the show. Uh, the challenge. Would you agree? And people were making this point that they, really Jackie won. Like, Gigi just sort of benefited yeah. from her wake. It wasn't like Gigi was yeah. particularly funny. It was Jackie really yes. carrying it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, Jackie, Jackie, because, but also you figure when you think about it, J- Jackie was, you know, J- Jackie comes from a certain aesthetic that is very mm-hmm. Valley of the Dolls, very yeah. Jacqueline Suzanne. Like, that seems to be that, that late 60s, early 70s, yeah. of which. Which she seems very well studied in. Yeah. And when you think about movies, particularly movies and styles of that, where everything was, you were just starting to see kind of gay culture really kind of get in with movies like Valley of the Dolls and just that bitchy, you know, older woman, you know, ladies who lunch kind of thing. And mm-hmm. she, she looked the part and she played the part really well. Yeah. Whereas I feel like Gigi a couple of times was trying really hard to do um, Alexis Rose from Schitt's Creek. She was just doing, she was doing a, a interpretation of that. So definitely between the two, I feel like Jackie, Jackie definitely knocked it out of the park compared to Gigi. All right. Very good. Here we go. Next RuPaul entered the workroom to announce this week's maxi challenge. So for today's maxi challenge, you need to think like a star and create a ridiculously extravagant and totally unnecessary product. For a new drag queen lifestyle brand, we're calling Drew. Now, after you create your posh product, you need to sell it in your own commercial. All right. Uh, while the girls worked on their products, RuPaul ended with the biggest loser trainer, Bob Harper, who apparently is also a branding expert. I don't know when that happened. Ru tells Heidi to rename her product. She asks Widow why she hasn't won another challenge. Ru wants to see more from Jan, and Jackie expresses her appreciation for I Dream of Jeannie actress Barbara Eden. Uh, Tanner the Latte Boy, uh, your thoughts on the table visits? In the well, work, and by think... the way, before that, really quickly, before they enter, mm-hmm. uh, if you remember, if you want to talk about this, uh, Heidi revealed that she only made $9,000 last year. I don't know why it's important. Yeah. Yeah. So she's going to get a fat stimulus check this year. Uh, yeah, I'd yeah. say so. She she made, she made she got a 10% raise this year. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. Are you okay, Taylor? Yeah, Taylor's... it's getting really dark here. So, but where I knew we were having a storm come. So, if for some reason I suddenly disappear, I'll get back to you as soon as I can. You know, if you suddenly disappear, I'm going to go take a nap, (laughs) and then we just continue the show later. Because this this is like one of those like lose power storms. Well, you can tell. I mean, it was light out before. Now I'm like sitting in the dark. Yeah, it looks like it looks like you're about to compete on. What's the one where the British lady yelled at you? The game show? Weakest Link. The British, uh, the Weakest Link, yeah. All right, go ahead. 
Uh, so what were your thoughts on these table visits? Um, again, brand, you know, brand guru or whatever, Bob Harbour, fuck off. That, that's kind of what my thought with that. But I think, you know, Rue is looking to stir shit up and she definitely did with Widow where it got in Widow's head, where she was, you know, you're, you were you were great the first week, but we haven't really mm-hmm. seen a lot from you. What's going yeah. on? And there's less and less girls. It's yeah. not like before there were still 13 girls here. Yeah. You know, what's what's the deal? So, and it clearly played with her. It bothered me. It, it bothered me, but I also understand when at one point towards when they're on the, when they're on the panel and she goes, Widow, what's going on? That she didn't just say, you got in my head. Yeah. You know, but then that that would that would be blaming Rue, and that's a that would have been a guaranteed. Well, you're going home because Rue can do no wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now here's the deal. Let's talk about this right now. I saw this in the Discord. I see you talking about it. Now, look, I watched this Biggest Loser a little bit, and I have problems with the show, The Biggest Loser, but I never had a problem with Bob so much. What? Why are you so angry with Bob? Well, because what we eventually learned was that the contestants really didn't i mean they lost weight but the whole thing with the scale which was the reason everybody watched was it was all water weight manipulation mm-hmm. of where they would you know pretty much tell and and former contestants have said that bob and jillian would sit down with them and say you know two days before weigh-in stop drinking water you know stop ta- stop taking in fluids you know and and pretty much would keep them on these really you know, ridiculously low calorie diets Mm -hmm. so that they would have much more dramatic weight loss, Mm -hmm. which is why you would see occasionally when people would, um, I remember particularly one person had immunity. The way this all came out was one person had immunity one week. And when he got on the scale, he gained something like 12 pounds in the course of a week. Mm-hmm. And he pretty much said, I drank like three gallons of water right before because then next week I'm guaranteed to have a huge weight loss because I won't. I'll do what everybody else is doing. So I'm reactivating my metabolism. Mm-hmm. I, I'm screwing this up. I, I get that I'm screwing this up. This is the explanation of it. But I, you know, between the two of them, I always thought, well, I would want Bob because Bob is more zen and he's mm-hmm. definitely all about yoga and things like that as compared to Jillian who would just scream and yell at you with her weird wonky eye. Yeah. But I... Just as the show got on, I just realized that they're both both uh, trainers were just kind of gross. Mm-hmm. That's really the only way to describe it, is they were both kind of gross people. Hmm. So, and th- we're not even going to get into Jillian Michaels because that's a whole other thing with her. She's a horrible human being. Worse than this Eliza Schlesinger? I don't know a lot about Eliza Schlesinger, but I'm going to say they are probably on par. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Yes. Uh, and then what about uh, the, the Jackie doing the I Dream of Genie stuff? Were you a big I Dream of Genie fan? I liked I Dream. I was always more of a bewitched kid than mm-hmm. I Dream of Genie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think primarily because anytime I saw Larry Hagman, I thought of J.R. Ewing because okay. he was her husband on I Dream of Genie. Um, but and also Bewitched had Endora again, going back to that, that that style, that history of like, you know, the sassy, mm-hmm. clearly gay writers kind yeah. of, of put, putting in, you know, putting words in Agnes Moorhead's mouth. Um, but I, I appreciate having grown up watching stuff like that and being aware of that sort of stuff, that vernacular. Mm-hmm. Um, vernacular is the wrong word, but you know what I mean? Um, I appreciate Jackie's, Jackery, Jackie's history. Jackery, that. not her name, Jackery. Jackery, Jackery. 
Jackery uh, Dackery do. All right. Uh, you know what, Taylor? This is a good tough spot to do this right here. Is uh, Why don't we take a break? And when we come back, we will go into the Maxi Challenge film. We'll talk about Elimination Day. We'll talk about the looks. We'll do that right after we get back right now. All right, Taylor. And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> on the infomercial sound, I don't know, guys. You missed. I, Taylor was pointing. It was strange, and he's pointing to the dark. On the in, what's your husband doing right now in the dark? He's making popcorn <laughs> because I can smell it, and it's driving me nuts. Oh, you want popcorn? He we, we watched a video on how to make popcorn in an instant pot, and the first one did not turn. The first time he did it, it did not turn out well. Mm-hmm. But he put in way too many popcorn kernels, and he had said last night, "I'm going to play around with it and see if I can do something better." So. I wasn't expecting him to do it now, but it smells amazing in the house. You use coconut oil and you let the coconut oil and then you put half a cup of popcorn in and then it takes like a couple of minutes. Was that the popcorn? The popcorn, yeah. No, was that the popcorn right now, that sound we heard? Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes, the Instant Pot just blew up and my husband's dead in the other room. All right, on the infomercial soundstage, Bob, Har- Bob Harper struggles to understand Jackie's vision. Gigi doesn't impress with her line delivery. Jan is told to lower her intensity. Jada repeatedly hits her mic, and Heidi struggles at first, but ends up getting big laughs, and Crystal confuses Bob. Taylor, your thoughts on the whole filming process? The, the thing with Widow, where uh, another reason I didn't like Bob was Bob pulled a Todrick. He did? Where at one point, yeah, where with Widow was clearly having trouble, and rather than talk her through it and help to motivate her, he said, you have to be funny, you have to be on brand, you have to, where he's just like, he's just throwing more shit at her that I felt like kind of got her more off of her game. Mm -hmm. And it showed, where that was something very tragic of where they're saying, I'm having difficulty, well, girl, if you want to win this crown, you're going to need to figure it out. Mm-hmm. There was something very kind of gross about just that presentation of that. Yeah. And it felt like he was laughing a lot harder than some of the jokes were landing with mm-hmm. a couple of them. And I couldn't help but notice it was kind of the cuter ones that he was doing that with. That he was easier on them? Laughing, laughing. Yeah, he was laughing a little bit harder with that. He was really laughing at Heidi. So you think he's really into Heidi? Well, Heidi was just funny. Yeah. But some of the other stuff, he seemed very... Like the whole thing where in the beginning where Jackie was explaining what she wanted. Mm-hmm. And I know that they've only got 20 minutes. I, I find it hard to believe that they can't give them like a minute or two to say, this is what I'm looking to do mm-hmm. first mm-hmm. for her to kind of, and for him to go like, I don't understand. Yes, you do. Mm-hmm. Yes, you do. You, you were, you are looking to, you know, stir up drama probably at the behest of the producers mm-hmm. and making it to where it's, if she has less time to explain things, that you, that it it would make her maybe a little bit more on edge. I would almost say though that had she said, you know, the Merkin, and then st- sat first and like kind of did the thing where she stood still and then went and got it herself, that was almost always funnier in those shows where they kind of looked the same, yeah. but they were off just slightly enough that it was clear that they just kind of replaced it. That would have felt more genuine to those late eighties magic. Um, inspired sitcoms, but how, but what I don't get is how did Bob not understand what she was doing? Like it wasn't very difficult. I knew what she was doing very quickly, and yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying is that he he just acted really dumb. Like it's one of these where she, I know she's only got 20 minutes, so mm-hmm. I'm going to see. I, maybe the producer said try to drag it out so that it feels like she has mm-hmm. less time to do things to see yeah. if she gets more panicked. I mean, I feel like Jackie is another one of those that her time on the show is 
coming to an end. Like right. when I'm looking at who I think is top four, mm-hmm. I I don't know that Jackie is going to be top four. So I mm-hmm. feel like they're starting to do things to get these girls to fuck with these girls' heads a little bit mm-hmm. and to get them to where maybe they 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 mess up so that it's the, the, it makes more sense to the viewers as to why they went home. Yeah, and I feel like maybe this was an example of that. Hmm. All right, manipulation. Uh, all right, you know, in, in ter- for me, you know, in terms of the filming, um. I I thought it was Oh my gosh. This is like I, that is like it feels like someone is just like rumbling rocks and trash cans. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> Does thunder scare you? No, I love thunderstorms. Uh, if thunder is dire- if it's where lightning and thunder happen at the exact same time, mm-hmm. that's because it's usually it's so loud. And we I mean I live in Florida. I, Tampa Bay is the lightning capital of the world. Just, um, which is I, why we have the Tampa Bay Lightning, and there have been times where the, it'll be the 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 cell the storm cell will be right over the house. And I live in an old my house is a seventy year old wood frame house. The house literally shakes, and that that's a little like where we'll stop and like sort of look at each other like oh shit. But for the most part, I love thunder and lightning. You know what you just reminded me of? What? This is such a bizarre memory. It's gonna make me feel really old. I remember as a very small child, and I have no maybe because like. HBO or cable TV showed this movie uh, over and over again. Uh, I have vague memories of a movie with, I want to say Susan St. J- no, no, Jill St. James or Jill St. John. Jill St. John or no, Susan St. James. Susan St. James. Susan St. James, I think. Okay. And I don't know who the guy was. And I want to say the movie was called Don't Cry, It's Only Thunder or Don't Worry, It's Only Thunder. It's something like that, and because you're thinking about thunder, and it was, I, I feel like it was like they have a. I don't even remember what the plot was, but I just remember watching this movie over and over again as a, as a kid. Which now that I think about, it, I think it's like an adult drama. Uh huh. And but I don't know why. I think I again, like I think, like I think because cable TV just. I mean, I must have been eight or nine, but cable TV just playing it over and over again. Oh wait, I think I think producer Luke Stamen has uh, a title for us here. Yes, it's "Don't Cry, It's Only Thunder." And it's who's nineteen eighty-one? You see, yeah, I was, <laughs> I was. Let me see, six years old. Okay. Uh huh. During the Vietnam War, Brian Anderson, a young army medic, is stationed in Saigon. Yeah. Initially apathetic and self-serving, he eventually has his heart won over by the children at a nearby orphanage where he does volunteer work. At first, a doctor named Catherine Cross, played by Susan St. James, has, pers- has to persuade him to help the children. But soon, Brian willingly puts his career and safety on the line to provide the orphans with the food and medical supplies they need. Oh, my God. I've never heard of this movie. <laughs> I you I don't know why I think I was gonna say don't worry it's only thunder and I was like what is this movie coming back it's like it's like I'm not even joking it reminds me of years ago okay years ago mm-hmm. maybe like ten years ago I was in the shower and I was like do 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 and for whatever reason all the lyrics to one season of Alice's theme song came into my head. <laughs> And I was watching my going like, I used to be sad. I used to be shy. The funniest thing, the saddest part is I never knew why. Working myself for nothing was my favorite sport. 
I had to get out and start enjoying Cause life's too short There's a new girl in town And I'm feeling good Got a fresh (laughs) freckled face in the neighborhood There's a new girl in town And I don't remember after that but bum bum, but this girl's here to stay. <laughs> With some luck and love, life's gonna be so sweet. Um, but again, a show that I watched when I was seven years old. Years later, the, all those lyrics came back to me. Now I did lose a line there. Mm-hmm. In the shower. And right now, a yeah. movie that I watch, I've n- I don't. When you were telling me what the plot of this movie, I had no idea what you were talking about. I don't remember the movie. I just remember there was a movie I watched over and over again with Susan St. James. I haven't even thought about Susan St. James or Jill St. John or whoever. They, who were I thought they were the same person. No, no, Jill St. John is uh, who Robert Wagner married after Natalie Wood died. Okay, I don't know who any of these people are. <laughs> And you know who Natalie Wood is. Come on. It's the kind of wood that don't float. But here's the deal, guys. <laughs> Low-hanging fruit, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Natalie Wood was an you actress know, who drowned. The best part is 75% of the people who just heard that joke will have no idea what that 75%, is. 75%, 92%. 92%. Okay, I'm going to yes. yeah, okay, we have a you know, everyone should know who's listening live is uh for people in our exclusive tier, they get to watch a video of me and Taylor uh recording this okay so but so it's, it's a very 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 small sample size um yeah. what taylor and i were talking about um no no do you guys do, talking about ie natalie wood uh yeah and then i'm going to put a simple yes or no and now granted it's a very it's only exclusive tier people so only they get to vote. So it's going to be a small percentage here. But um, okay. But we'll see. Let's just, even this is a small sample size. If people know what we're talking about. Um, all right. So um, uh, that might have been the juju that I need. See, just uh, talking, making jokes about uh, Natalie Wood's unfortunate death by drowning um, <laughs> is usually what. <laughs> Uh, all right, very good. All right, here we go, and we'll get we'll get you guys the polls by the end of the episode. Right now, only seven people have voted, so no one cares. <laughs> you don't think people are like really hanging on the edge of their seat to find out if the audience knew who Natalie Wood was? So, well, as of you said, seven people. Okay, so all right, right now well, it's we'll almost see. split. We'll right now it's three yes, four no. Okay. Anyway. All right, it's elimination day, and the queen's prepare for the main stage. Jan wants to make it clear that she has only she's only upset because of Britta's elimination. And finally, the queens do their best impressions of each other. Your thoughts here, Taylor and Latte Boy? Um, again, we're going back to that. I'm really fine. It was it wasn't about losing. It really was about Britta leaving, and, mm-hmm. and I want everyone to understand that it was about Britta leaving, and it had nothing to do with the fact that I I didn't win the challenge because I'm fine with not winning the challenge. Everything's fine with not winning the challenge. Yeah, I that was that really great because I could dance and I could sing. It's just that Britta was my best friend, and Britta is my best friend, and I'm really worried about how this is going to do to her to go this far and not really know what Rue wants, even though that you know I can sing. I mean, I'm that Britta can sing and dance and all the things that go along with that. So I just really don't know. But when I was sad, it wasn't about me. It was about Britta. 
You know what's weird? It's also like there's a, some sort of like weird curse because as soon as Britta left, Jan now was all about New York City. Jan was New yeah. York City this, New York City that. What are the girls in New York going to say when the blah, 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 when Britta goes home and they're going to girls and then I, you know, and then I could have brought the home. That's the other thing too is the weird um, narcissism that they think that everyone is thinking about them bringing it home from New York and whatnot. And like, does anybody really care? Well, okay. I think for we've talked about on the show that for New York, the New York girls are very big on the, there. There's a, there is a there is a home team or not a home team, but there is definitely this you know pride, New York City pride. Yeah. In this, and when you've got somebody that is Jan, who mm-hmm. is also very well versed in Broadway. Mm-hmm. And seems to live that world. It makes sense that she idolizes. You know, she played Bernadette Peters in Snatch Game. Mm-hmm. So you know, multi Tony winner. So you kind of. I think that Jan sees herself as getting the big prize at the end, much like her heroes have gotten the big prize at the end. Probably mm-hmm. a you know a Bernadette Peters, a Patty Lapone. You know, uh, um, uh, what the hell was the who was the one that was in Cats? The Betty Buckley, you know, that kind of thing of where you see uh, they're wanting to. Betty Buckley was in Cats. I don't think you were wrong. I was like, what a bizarre name to pull out. Okay. Um, that's what I do. We, we just talked about Natalie. <laughs> well, you know what? Ago. Hold on for a second. So it's funny that you're saying that. So the poll for the most part is in and 50% said yes, 50% said no. And somebody wrote in the chat room, I, uh, okay, this is very bizarre. Like, um, Let's get this Rose to cooking says, I have zero idea who Natalie Wood is. And then Astute Girl says, I know who Natalie Wood is, but I didn't get the drowning reference. Two That's- things. Natalie Wood was a gigantic star. That's yeah. Let me tell you this. Coming to that conclusion that no one remembers anything was one of the most liberating things from my depression. You know, where it was like... Th- only the most rare people, the rarest, 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 like presidents or something like that, and even yeah. them, not all of them, are remembered forever, you know? And, yeah. And even then. Even then, yeah. Like, what could you tell me about Martin Van Buren? You know what? I can tell you something about Martin Van Buren. There <laughs> of course is, you can. Yeah, there is one theory that the, um, that the, that the phrase, okay comes from Martin Buren, Van Buren because uh, his nickname was Old Kinderhook. And uh, that the like, his campaign slogan was like, had something to do with Old Kinderhook, and that was okay. You know, like, oh, I'm okay with okay, Old Kinderhook, or I don't, something like that, right? And so I, I, who knows how true that theory is, right? Um, okay. And, uh, but uh, yeah, so that's what I know about Martin Van Buren. Also, the only president where English wasn't his first language. I believe the only the the first president or the only president. I believe the only president where English wasn't his first language. Was there another president where English wasn't his first language? Oh, was not his first language. Not his first language. Oh, I was gonna say, like George Washington was from England, but okay. But, yeah. Well uh and uh yeah. So anyway, um so, so getting back to Natalie Wood and people remembering things about Natalie yeah, Wood. Yeah, and it's just like, like you know what, guys? Like, seeking fame and fortune, it just you can't take the money with you. Okay, coin that. Jump mm-hmm. a tangent. Can't take it with you. Trademark. 
And then also, like, even any kind of legacy is you're forgotten, you know? Like, so make the most of what you can out of your life now. Do what you want to do. I mean, within reason, you know? And and be happy. What's important is being happy. Being rich isn't ultimately the goal. Being famous isn't ultimately the goal. Because those are fleeting at best. You know what's so funny? Uh-huh. I'm going to tell you something. I've asked yeah. young people this all the time. Okay? And we'll get back to Natalie Wood. When you ask people who are like 20, okay, who is Bob Hope? A lot of them are like, I don't know who the fuck you're talking about. Bob Hope! Yeah. Bob Hope, and everyone yeah. should know... If you're like over 30, Bob Hope was like one of the biggest stars in the world, like gigantic, gigantic star. And then he died in the late 90s, I believe. Mm-hmm. I remember I saw him at a mall. He and his wife showed up at a mall to open up a Macy's or something like that. And he, oh my God, even then it looked like he had died and no one told him. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and but like Bob Hope was like a gigantic 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 yeah. star and like now no one remembers who he is not even that long afterwards and uh people and, fly into his airport sometimes yeah people fly into his airport and take, well there's a john wayne airport i feel john wayne, people know who john wayne is more than they know bob hope but one i had i worked uh, the first person that i hired in my team uh a couple of years ago she's my age mm-hmm. she's my age your age and i remember the day that mary tyler moore died i went into her i because mary tyler moore was a huge tv show for me when yeah. i was a kid and i love mary tyler moore show yeah and i walked into her office and went mary tyler moore died and she looked at me and went who really and i just about came over the table <laughs> is she from this country like, how do you not who married she's like well i didn't really watch tv when i was growing up. I'm like you're aware of culture you're aware of history she was a huge you know, she was an important figure in the seventies for women. Yeah, work it in the workplace. And that's what you thing. are doing right now, until I fire you for not yeah. knowing who Mary Tyler. And this is what people need to understand too. Up until like cable TV was really a big thing, and they started making their own shows and Netflix and all that. Like up until I would say, God, even into the nineties. Up until like I would say the end of the nineties. It was there were diminishing returns, but I would say definitely the height being the seventies. TV stars were huge. I mean, they were gigantic because there were only three networks. There were NBC, ABC, CBS, and that was it. So what's funny is is when you see the decline in ratings because in ratings now, if you can get like a two or three share, uh, where there's like you know four or five million people watching or something, that's like considered huge. Like American Idol, I remember when it was considered huge, right? They were pulling in 20 million viewers a week, you know, mm-hmm. 20, 30 million viewers a week, which nowadays are like, that's monster numbers. In the 70s, that's pretty much what like Happy Days was getting every week, you know, yeah. uh, towards the end of its run. Like they were huge, huge, huge stars. So it's not like going we'll never, like we'll never get a finale. We'll never get ratings or anything like the finale of MASH. Yeah. Which that was like 115 million set TV, TVs yeah. watching it or something that yeah. night. No, that's because the, the choices were limited then. And so that's what people just did. But and there were no VCR. So you had to watch it. You had to watch it live and you had to watch it. And um, so the, the fact that. Um, uh, you know, like these were these were gigantic stars, gigantic. You don't understand. You, I mean, I mean, like, and so, and then, but that, that's my point. People don't remember them. And so, Natalie Wood was a famous movie actress. She was in West Side Story. She was in what else was she in? Rebel Without a Cause. Rebel Without a Cause. Gigantic, right? 
And she was married to Robert Wagner, who was a huge TV star. Mm-hmm. And she was on a boat with Christopher Walken. Okay. And Robert Wagner. And Robert Wagner. And she, the, the, someone pointed out they're still investigating it. Yeah, because evidence has come up maybe that it, it looks, I mean, look, if you're just doing circumstantial evidence, I think Robert Wagner may have killed Natalie Wood. <laughs> because Natalie Wood. Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. allegedly uh, Natalie Wood had this like crazy phobia of water and drowning. And mm-hmm. yet she and Robert Wagner got out in a fight on their boat. And then she decided, I'm just going to take off and went outside wait, went outside of the cabin or whatever. And then they couldn't find her and she was drowned. Right? Yeah. And they were like, maybe she tried to go back to shore. It was some weird, I don't know that many deals to the story, but it, like, it's super suspicious. But at the time, it was just re- real and accidental drowning. But now we've learned all this information. And Christopher will also, Christopher Rocky won't talk. Like he's taking like the fifth. Like, there's a weird thing. It's bizarre. Well, isn't the rumor that they were banging? Yeah, that I think she was banging sort of, Christopher yeah. Walken, and yeah. Robert Wagner found out about it, and yeah. they all happened to be on a boat, and it was yeah. just was yeah. It's a very very bizarre story, but uh, anyway, so that there used to be all these jokes about Natalie Wood <laughs> drowning. It's a very odd story, but it kept us from talking about this episode for the last fifteen. Minutes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what we're talking about. Well, it also woke me up. Maybe maybe you know what? Maybe I'm not even just tired. Well, I think the tired. I think look. Here's what I think. Here's my theory. I feel mm-hmm. like the exhaustion has not given me the energy I need just to power through the episode. Right. And so I'd much, so, but when I'm talking about something else, I'm like, woohoo, you know, like, <laughs> but when I'm talking about the episode, again, I want to reiterate, I don't think it was a bad episode. I was thoroughly entertained when I was watching it, but there's just not much to say about this episode. There really isn't, even though we've been the, talking about the, the issue. The issue is there is no conflict they got rid of Britta and she is the only one that there was really I mean because I was thinking about this this morning does anybody that's left fight with anybody possibly Widow but even then I think that any um, sort of superiority that Widow had kind of her leg her knees got knocked out from underneath her this week so she's not going to be picking fights with anybody next week. Well, yeah, yeah, and I think I want we we can only speculate. Maybe there was there were Shoy up Sherry Pie storylines that we don't know about. In fact, I was going to point out I had in my notes it, early on in the episode they flashed to Sherry Pie, and I legit was like, "Oh yeah, she's on this series." Like yeah. they do such a good job of obfuscating the presence of Sherry Pie that when I saw her, yeah. I was like, "Oh yeah, she's on this show." It was weird that they didn't show her filming her commercial or mm-hmm. her ad or whatever. But so then when they suddenly showed her and like where she had a voiceover when she was walking, mm-hmm. which they haven't done that when 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 they've actually shown her and then that they showed her commercial. But I get now that they did that because she was in the bottom. So they had to show how bad it was compared to. That's true, but Some I also think I also think in terms of time, they're running out of places to hide her. And so they have to yeah. make now decisions like, okay, what are we going to show? Because we can only show so much. Like, we don't have enough material to cover her, you know? And yeah. that's why I think, once again, they're doing a huge misdirection with premiering Celebrity Drag Race next week because I think – over the next four weeks, we're going to see a lot more Sherry Pie. So they need to be like, pay no attention to the man behind the ma- the, the mask or what is the, the curtain. Look over here. Yeah. Look over here. Look at this shiny new object. 
um, because now they just I, I was telling you Celebrity Drag Race runs episode 9, 10, 11, 12. The only thing left is the finale, which I wouldn't be surprised if they postpone it. Or if That's, they just I was going to ask you about that at the end of the episode. Do you or, think that they will just hold off until things can go back to where they could do a live? They crowning? may do that. Or to be honest with you, I don't think they will. My only theory, because they just want to be fucking done with this season. They want it done. Mm-hmm. They just want it off out of their head, out of their hair. Right. Just be done with it. Yeah. And so I think there might be some just reunion slash finale and um, that they I my theory is my I shouldn't say theory. My speculation is that, you know, in Los Angeles County, uh, we are still stay at home until May 15th. Mm -hmm. The numbers in L.A. County are steadily going down. Okay. Okay. So I'm thinking that perhaps by May 15th, there is at least, and this is what maybe they're hoping for, that um, there is a limited lift on the stay-at-home order to the point where they could, and I think this is what might maybe they're hoping for, they can film at least a closed set almost like the way they do the reunion finale mm-hmm. as well, okay? So, but, and then and then I think that's what they're hoping for, and maybe they have a contingency plan in case that doesn't happen. You know? Um, uh, so, but I think they, I, I don't think they would want to bring this back. I think they want to just bury this the show and and thank God, luckily it was scheduled that you know All Stars Five starts uh, immediately the week after. Uh, so anyway, uh, okay, so let's actually move on. Let's eliminate. Oh, we did the elimination day. So you know what, Taylor? You know what it means? It's time for the looks. The looks. All right. Now you said you had nothing to say about the looks. All right. Those were. The looks. I, you know, I didn't. I forgot to pull the looks. Is there anything you need to see specifically? Anything you want to talk about? Uh, I let's see. The ones that I really liked were I really enjoyed um, Jan's look. I thought Jan's look was really pretty. Uh, I did like. I loved Gigi's look, the Christian Dior with the Veronica Lake hair with the wave over the one eye. I thought she mm-hmm. looked very, very pretty. Um, I'm trying to think who else was somebody that I really love. I love Nina. Uh, not Nina. Why did I say Nina? Um, Jada's look. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought those were probably my three favorite. All with three very different silhouettes. Um, if I had to pick one, uh, and I kind of like crystals too. I thought crystals was a was a great variation on that. Um, some of the other ones were not necessarily as great, but I thought everybody looks beautiful. I thought if they were going on just runway alone, mm-hmm. they would have struggled a lot more to figure out who whose looks were the um, were the best and the worst. Okay, uh, I can pull it up if you really need to see them. That's okay. Uh, do you want me to? Do you want me to explain the describe them or no? Okay. All right, Taylor, let's just actually look at the... We'll just look at the looks. Ready? Okay. Okay. Here we go. Um, Let me make sure this is in the right order. And Okay. Remember, you have the time that they walk down the runway. All right. All right. Here we go. First up, and I'm going to shout it out. The first one up we have is... um, I got to see who it is. First up is Jackie Cox. 
Jackie Cox is coming out in a 40s inspired dress where she is saying that she is a bride waiting for her soldier to come home. Um, very, uh, very simple yet elegant, uh, right, right above the, uh, right below the knee and, um, with a long sheer, uh, cape or, uh, you know, overcoat. Jan! Jan is in an outfit that has lots of feathers in the front, um, very full form, very long veil, um, and great makeup. I loved her makeup and her hair this week. Uh, very dark lip with a black, uh, outline on the back. And very short, kind of similar to Michelle Visage hair from last from last week. But I thought that she looked amazing. Um, looks like there's some pheasant feathers, and then it says "I don't" on the back. She also ate Jada the ring, Essence Hall. Jada Essence Hall in a very form fitting dress, uh, super tight, big hair, big veil, um, big earrings. Uh, everything is form fitting, and then it kind of mermaids out. If there's sort of fishtails out at the bottom, thought she looked absolutely beautiful with her big, big oversized ring. Um, she looked like a very happy bride on her wedding day. All right. Very good. Next, Gigi Good. Gigi Good wearing something very Christian Dior inspired from, I would say, the 50s. Uh, absolutely beautiful with lots of tulle underneath. Um, yeah, and nice. her Veronica Lake style hair with the platinum blonde with the wave over the one eye. Wearing her uh, uh, Louboutins with the red backs on the shoes. Uh, makeup, everything about this was just absolutely flawless. All right, very good. Next up, Heidi in closet. Heidi in closet wearing a full, um, a full black wedding dress with a very full collar, um, oversized collar that kind of hoops around. Uh, it, it looks almost independent of itself. I thought that she looked amazing. I thought the dress was crazy, was great. I wasn't crazy about the hair with the little tiara and her makeup, but otherwise, a strong the dress itself a very strong look from Heidi. Widow Von Du. Widow Von Du, again, in a full-figured, uh, full-figured form-fitting gown with a, it almost looked like a beaded veil over the top with black contact lenses in to sort of give her like a soulless look. Um, and I thought that she looked amazing. Uh, the makeup was definitely very over-accentuated and a sort of her, a bustle that allowed for a big cape-like experience in the back. All right. Crystal Method. Crystal Method giving very corpse bride, um, a dead zombie bride in a black dress with um, covered in dust. And she also cut out the fingers so that her fingernails could continue growing as they do when somebody dies. Uh, stomping, kind of doing, it's definitely telling a story. Um, and her makeup was where she looked, she looked very uh, Haunted Mansion. Looked beautiful though. Beautiful Haunted Mansion. All right, very good. And those are... The, the looks. looks. All right. Very good. Taylor, um, now let's talk about the infomercials. Uh, your thoughts uh, on uh, the. Let's go through the, each infomercial. The first one we had was Jackie Cox. Did you have any notes on that? The one I dream of Jackie. It was fine. It was definitely, I think that she was playing up the the references to 50s and the 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. Um and with the one thing going over and over again where it goes for you, where she would just sort of point at things was very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it wasn't the best one, but it was it was a strong one. I I put stupid not funny. It was a good one. How about that? I feel the looking to the other camera, you know, and going for you, like you're like a like you are a, a, a TV presenter who doesn't really know how to give life to your readings. I think it's so old hat. I think it's so hack. I think every 
person who does every teenager who does a fake commercial does that. I, you know, and they, or they do the thumbs up. Like I've seen it a million times. Not original. Not a fan. Jan. Jan was just way too much energy and too much of that. She was doing too much. She was doing too much. That's that's really all I have to say about that. And it was at no point. I think Ross said we need peaks and valleys where she was just like in the stratosphere the entire time. And it's was it's exhausting to watch somebody like that. It was awful. I didn't like it. And another thing I'm drag queens. Look, I have about these rules that you can't do anymore. Right. One, Uh stop doing the drag queen, doing the deep voice. No one did that this week. But I'm just saying one rule. Number one rule. Number two. We get it. 69 to you is a funny number. Okay? Mm-hmm. We don't have to hear jokes, but no more 69 jokes. Okay? Heidi did one too. At least she kind of saved it with a Club 96 reference. Okay? Yeah. But we're done. The 69 jokes are done. No one thinks they're funny. Next. Jada Essence Hall. Jada Jada looked great in hers. What was she selling? I don't remember what she was. Oh, the, the um, panties. The panties, which uh, it seemed like Rue was genuinely enjoying, though, that you could hear Rue laughing Mm -hmm. a lot with that one, where she didn't really laugh with anybody else's. Mm -hmm. Um, And I thought that it showed some comedic stylings of Jada that we haven't really seen. And and the ability to sort of poke fun at herself for somebody who is very, you know, poised and 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 prides herself on being very glamorous and very much i am a i am a woman mm-hmm. for her to make the joke about gay's anatomy being the terrible actress yeah. and just some of the things that she was saying i thought i thought spoke to a vulnerability and it showed in in her commercial i put good it was good solid actually yeah. and she was in the top right she deserved to be in the top yeah yes yeah, yeah she was in the top gg good telling the one about going to sleep i liked gg goods i thought it was funny I thought that there was enough of a, and the joke that Ross said, as far as the, you end with the, you know, lavender, pine, and, you know, horse tranquilizers. I thought that the way she did that actually was better because it's kind of snuck in there in a way that it's not where you don't end on the joke. You have to kind of think about the joke a little bit. I thought it was smarter to put the horse tranquilizers in the middle and have the other things on the other side. If she had done it where there were four, I think it would have been better, but you know, she also kind of made some funny faces and she did some things where she was passed out. And and, and I, I thought she looked great. I loved her. I loved her top. Um, I, I feel like they were sort of just kind of nitpicking with hers compared to others. Or they didn't want it to be where they didn't want to have a Bob the Drag Queen of where everything she does is just absolutely amazing and, and put her in the top. It was fine. It wasn't as bad as they made it out to be. I agree with Ross yeah. about the rule of three. She should have hit the joke on the third one. Uh, next, Sherry Pie. Your thoughts on Sherry Pie? Oh, well, we won't talk about that. Or do you want to talk about yeah. that? Yeah. No. Heidi. Uh, your thoughts on Heidi in Closet? I thought Heidi's was funny, too. My husband thought it was very funny, but he loves Heidi. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the whole laying around and, and rolling around and screaming and yelling, that's mm-hmm. always kind of funny to watch. So that's yeah. we it, of, of all the ones that were there, it probably should have won. Yeah. So it's. Uh, here's the deal. I'm getting tired of the fucking whistling through the teeth. All right, we get it. Yeah. Okay. This is it's becoming a detox's chin wiggle. Okay. We get it. You can mm-hmm. whistle through your teeth. Stop. If she does it again after this week, I will fucking burn the house down. All right. Oh, good. 
Uh, look, just as I thought Gigi's wasn't as bad as the judges said it was, I don't think that this sketch was as funny as the judges made it out to be. I feel like I said... I would agree with that. With the exception of it, with, with a couple of exceptions, they all stick pretty close to the average line to me. You know? Mm-hmm. Jan particularly bad. Jada's particularly good. But the other ones are, you know, it's very, very, very slim. Widow... I just wrote, and I don't know what this means. I just wrote no. Yeah, there was there there, she, there was no mm-hmm. life to it. There was yeah. no. I mean, I think somebody said that it was joyless, and that was mm-hmm. sort of what it. There, there was nothing. There was nothing even remotely where she's trying to be super poised and super calm, but then she's doing this weird thing at the end where she's making all these weird faces, and mm-hmm. it just felt it didn't feel genuine to who we know Widow to be. Yeah. So, uh, and then finally we have Crystal. Your thoughts on Crystal's performance? Crystal's was charming. There was something mm-hmm. very charming about Crystal's. And I think that's what, you know, when we talk about the charisma, um, mm-hmm. you know, the issues with, I don't know that she has charisma, but she has charm. And I think mm-hmm. that's what we like about her. And she's also playing into her assets, which is that mullet haircut, which mm-hmm. is why, you know, she was, she was, she was smart to do the, do, you know, accentuate the mullet this week so here's the thing crystals was fine okay but now just like with heidi is and look as you all know since episode one not from before episode one but since episode one i've been a big crystal fan right yeah but now the show's going to where they're going to try and really push crystal on you and we're like just calm down all right show like it was fine it wasn't the greatest thing ever uh it was about the mullet and it was fine it wasn't. They were like, ah, <laughs> so funny, and I was like, it wasn't that funny. But do you think that part of that is because there is we don't have a lot of things to look at? You figure at this point there are, you know, as of this episode there were eight queens. We only really looked at seven of them, and none of them are fighting. So they're trying to keep us engaged in some way with mm-hmm. the show. Yeah. So they're they're definitely pushing the narrative even harder than they would be because normally the narrative is pushed through conflict. There is no conflict this season. Could be. I will say props to Heidi. I don't know why a lot of Queens don't follow this lead. When RuPaul tells you to do something, she's telling you, I am going to read you for this. You know, I almost wonder, you know, one of the things that the drag, that the drag race, what the thing the drag race show did early on was they were making a <laughs> joke at first where boy RuPaul was Tim Gunn and girl RuPaul was, you know, Heidi Klum. Okay. Yeah. And since then, now it's become a thing. And when I've talked about this too before, it's funny that to me, even though obviously logically, I know that boy RuPaul and girl RuPaul are the same person. I know this, right. But even still in my head, to me, they're brother and sister. They're not necessarily the same person. Right. Okay. And so I yeah. wonder if the queens fall into this. So they think, well, boy, RuPaul doesn't know what girl RuPaul's thinking about. Because boy, RuPaul will literally tell you what to do, and then they don't do it. They're like, I'm just going to stick to my thing. Now, some, rarely it works, like GG Good. But most yeah. of the time, I think I think Heidi played it smart by uh, saying, RuPaul said to do this. I'm going to literally do what RuPaul said. And then she Well, but the I think that also th- there is a level of confidence there. I think yeah. that Gigi has a level of confidence that Heidi doesn't necessarily have. Yeah. And it, which is why when she came to her at Snatch Game, she's like, nope, I'm still going to do that. And that's what I want to do. And, and, I'm, and I think that it paid off. Yeah. Whereas I think that if 
Heidi had done something similar. Mm-hmm. You know, Heidi's been in the bottom a couple. Heidi just came off being in the bottom mm-hmm. last week, mm-hmm. so it makes sense that she's gonna. I'm gonna. I'm going to do what she says because mm-hmm. I, I. I. I'm gonna follow her. I'm gonna follow her blueprints because if I don't, then I'm fucked. Yeah. All right. Very good. Uh, any other thoughts on the infomercials, Taylor? No, I think we said everything there is to say about them. All right. On the main stage, Heidi in Closet is named the winner of the challenge, while Crystal, Jada, and Jackie round out the top four. Gigi and Sherry squeak by with safe places, leaving Widow, Von Du, and Jan to lip sync for their lives. The song, This Is My Night by Shaka Khan. After both girls strip from their heavy gowns to reveal a lip syncing outfit, Widow outperforms Britta's New York sister, sending Jan back home to the Big Apple. Taylor the Latte Boy, any final thoughts on the episode? Well, as I said, this was one of my favorite lip syncs ever on the show. Crazy, but okay. Uh, uh, Widows. Widow, I feel like Widow was feeling feeling it. And mm-hmm. as, you know, anybody who saw Untucked, the fact that she sat next to Shaka Khan and Shaka Khan kind of walk, talked her through it and everything, you know, that really kind of added to the connection of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I The second, the, the, the first note when she threw back that, that uh, um, bustle, or whatever you want to call it on yeah. the cape, you you knew that was well, that's it. She mm-hmm. she won, she won, and and then I don't get. We've seen this at least twice, possibly three times this season, mm-hmm. and I know we've seen it in other seasons, of where the song starts and the and the queen is immediately working on trying to get her way out of a dress where she's struggling it's a new thing so do. we saw it we saw it with rockham and then we saw it last night with jan where she was trying to get the why wouldn't you just put i get girl it's been 12 seasons we know there's going to be reveals you know and i don't think that rue barely knows everybody's name yeah. so the fact that she came back and she magically had straps on her dress that she didn't have before i don't think people are going to be suddenly well why are those straps there i don't understand you're doing yourself a disservice if you are not ready to just rip off whatever you're having to show a reveal when you come out on the on the runway. We see that with all stars. On all stars, they have time to get changed into different outfits from what they wear when they do when they do the runway. Why can't these girls have the same opportunity to do that or to prepare for that in that way? But they do because the talk. second they the second the second they cut to her, well, I understand they do untucked. They kind of do untucked on all stars. Yeah, but they, she she obviously changed during Untucked. Who did? Jan? Yeah. No, she had the dress on underneath her dress. But if that what I'm saying is she had straps that when she dropped the when she dropped the wedding dress mm-hmm. and there was the mini skirt underneath, when the song first started, she was trying to work her way into oh, the, straps. the straps of the mini dress. Mm-hmm. So why not just come out with the dress? Or why not have oh, like I when Rockham did the thing with the ball dress? Have some sort of way, you know, you almost want to, if you're going to wear these outfits, I feel like it would be smart for future contestants to, if you are going to wear these outfits, make sure one, that either there's something you can lip sync in, you know, either a fast song or a slow song. Two, if it's not something you can lip sync into a fast song, have a reveal worked into the dress. Mm -hmm when you are having it constructed or when you are making it, whether it's ripping the bottom off a skirt or be having something where you can tear the whole thing off or doing something to give you that moment that where you have to almost construct these things prior to you even coming on the show. Mm-hmm. You know, I know with like Rockham, they had to create that 
the, the ball ball they had to create that there. But I was, I, I it just was very disappointing to me. Mm-hmm. I, I think Jan, though, whether that was then nerves that she didn't get in the dress fast enough, but manic is the only way to describe the way that she was lip syncing. And when she does death drops, they are the sloppiest Alyssa Edwards looking death drops where she looks like she's giving herself head injuries. Like there's no other way to say that. Like the one leg kind of flops out and everything. I like Jan. I liked Jan over the course of the time that she was on the show and she definitely made for an interesting presence. Um, But I, I, this was, this was just this was messy. Uh, one of the things I forgot to mention earlier was during the mini challenge, Jackie Cox was doing her character. I was getting just like she was just redoing Lisa Rinna. She was just doing her Lisa Rinna character with that voice. And oh, and that's the voice Jackie does. It, it reminds me of this is how Jackie sees women. <laughs> like, as <Well>, he, <laughs> wow, that's it, yeah. Well, every time she does, every that, time that's she has, a broad stroke. You yeah. just did there. Oh, uh, you making a joke about broads? It look, Taylor, it's very offensive. <laughs> And uh, very 1940s of you. Okay. Um, uh, you know, let's go to some questions we have here. Let's see if there's anything we missed. Um, Drew Brooks, and this has two upvotes, wants to know, um, why do you think Rue hates Jan? Do you think Rue hates Jan, Taylor? I don't think Rue hates Jan. I know that there have been jokes made about Jan saying she wants to be like either the first mainstream drag queen or the biggest drag queen in mainstream in or something like that. And people are like Rue's Rue took offense to that, which is why she's knocked her down a peg. I think mm-hmm. that she, Jan did not, Jan does not seem to be able to take notes. Whereas they're telling her, take a breath, mm-hmm. you know, give us peaks and valleys. And she is constantly at the, I can dance, I can sing, I can act. Like mm-hmm. she, she said that most of the episodes of this season are where she's just pushing, 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 pushing all the time. Uh, that uh, that's exhausting to watch. And that's not something where I feel like she would represent, she would represent Rue as a drag, uh, as the next drag superstar. I could see Jan learning from this experience and coming back a strong contender for an all-stars. Someone else said, I could not see Jan on all-stars. She's so boring. Anyway, whatever. That actually goes to the next question. Uh, why are white people so upset to see Jan go? Taylor, go. You're white. <laughs> I'm white. Well, speaking on behalf of my people, um, I think it's that Jan is a cute. Jan has talent, mm-hmm. and Jan is cute, and Jan is young, and Jan is thin, and I yeah. think that's what that boils down to. You're right. That's exactly what it is. Because if there were a person of color who was not attractive, because uh, to be, I'll be honest with you, and people are going to say whatever. I don't see a big difference in terms of quality. Between her and Jaden Dior Fierce. To me, they're on the same level. Jaden Dior Fierce from season seven? Yeah. Okay. They're the same drag queen uh, to me, but the people didn't have, they weren't, but were, was anybody upset that Jaden Dior Fierce went home? No, because, ja- P- okay. Jaden Dior Fierce something. cried and had this weird panic attack, you know, yeah. she's always like crying. Um, it, it, I don't know. I, I, she had her dumb catchphrases. This Jan, this you know, Jantasy and all this thing with Jan. Give it a rest. Which that came out of nowhere in the last week. Like that's yeah. almost where she, I don't remember her hearing her say that before. And then uh, remember, and then uh, well, they well they probably did the same thing they did to this Jaden Dior Fierce. Remember, Jaden Dior Fierce had her catchphrase. She showed up season seven. They were aware the girls were doing this catchphrase thing, and they limited them. 
So, like, yeah. for instance, we only heard Mrs. Kasha Davis say there's always time for a cocktail when she left. She didn't say any other time. Jaden Dior Fierce was trying to push work that puss, and they only showed it at the end, you know? Um, yeah. You know, there's uh, everyone should know in the chat room, all the white people are losing their fucking minds because I said that Jaden Dior Fierce and Jan are uh, similar. I'm, by the way, I'm talking about television personalities, not quality of drag. Okay, just because you want to fuck somebody does not mean they deserve to be on this show. Thank you. Well, okay. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> I look. It, it it is weird. You know, I had Zach on the air yesterday, and he and and there was a whole discussion, Taylor, with Zach and and Spiral Queen and uh, Lauren Eckert, where they were all making the case for Jan about how she was just this, this iconic queen. And I was like. I didn't see this. What What are you talking no. about? Evan airs on Twitter what justice for Jan hashtag justice for Jan. I'm like, who? What did she do this season? What did she yeah. do? You know what? You know what she did. She okay. She didn't win last week. She didn't win last week. People bought into the narrative that mm-hmm. she should have won, and then to be where that, and then she was heartbroken. And, you know, you said yourself, you don't like to see a twink cry. Mm -hmm. And I think that people buy into that and they don't necessarily like to see a sad, young, white, Mm -hmm. gay twink. Yeah. You know, because because she wasn't she wasn't good. I don't think that Widow was good. If Jan had knocked it out of the park with the lip Mm -hmm. sync. I think Widow could have possibly gone home. Mm-hmm. But I, because we haven't really seen anything from Widow other than the first episode. Mm-hmm. You know, she's been, she's definitely been middle of the road. And she has, other than being kind of like narrator, you know, which even then it's not narrator, it's just kind of being bitchy in, in confessionals. She hasn't really done anything. I, I think that this, I, I really think this lip sync saved Widow. You know, Nicholas Alexander Springham in the chat room has a really good theory here. He says, I think white people like Jan because they identify with her as someone with talent who wants it so bad and wasn't mean and isn't obviously problematic. They see themselves in her or how they would try to be on the show. But, you know, I was actually, I'm actually thinking in my head. And with maybe the exception of Jinx Monsoon, but I feel Jinx Monsoon is quirkier than Jan. Is Are there any queens who are like, I can sing, I can dance, I can act? Um, and I don't even know, if, huh? But he didn't ben. Ben, didn't, ben didn't win. Like, w- in what universe do you win because of that? Alaska? Not Alaska is still quirky. Jan's not selling quirkiness. See, that's the thing is Jan and Jinx are selling that they're comedy queen, quirky, quirky comedy queens. But I, I'm talking like the closest person she has at one, I would say, is Ginger Minge. Okay. But um, those queens don't tend to do well. I don't know why there's this belief like, I can sing, I can dance, I can act. And okay. Great. That's Luke not- is saying Alexis Michelle. Yeah, exactly. And how did she do? Yeah. Humble Pie says literally Davida DeCampo. Yeah. How did she do? I mean, she was in the top three, but she didn't win. And I think and I think she should have won. I remember, remember, everybody, when I'm saying this, there is one judge, jury, and executioner on RuPaul's Drag Race. Her name, RuPaul Charles. 
Okay, and so remember, this is RuPaul's world, and we all live in it. And I'm just saying, when you look at the history of people who have won this show, it, I don't, I don't see a history of musical theater queens just knocking it out of the ballpark. Um, so, uh, but do you think that part of that is that they want to give the uh, they want to give uh, th- the, the contestants that come in like a Jan, like an mm-hmm. Alexis Michelle. Yeah. Like that. Wait, wait, wait a second. I just thought of something. Yeah. Britta's ahead. talking about how, or Jan's talking about how Britta was the one that kind of like got brought her up through the drag world. Yeah. And that's why they're such good friends. Isn't it? Wasn't she saying before that Alexis Michelle was doing that? The reason why she got involved with drag was because Alexis Michelle saw her do Chris Kardashian and, or Chris Jenner. Taylor, this, this Jan doesn't know anything what she's talking about, okay? Like she's she you know she was crying because um uh you know my dad, for instance, he's like Fonzie, right? He can't cry. So whenever uh-huh. he cries, he starts coughing. That's how he cries. Okay, I'm not crying. I'm not crying. A man doesn't cry, so I cough, right? And cause he's not gonna cry. Okay? Uh-huh. It's the same thing as Jan. I'm crying, but I'm crying because of my friend. I'm not crying because I didn't win this challenge that I thought I was supposed to win. Yeah. Thank you. Luke Seaman, by the way, loved Jane Dior Fierce. Well, she has one fan. I have have fond memories of Jane Dior Fierce, only because of the show. Because that was the first episode of Drag Race I ever guested on, was one of her lip syncs. Oh. All right. <laughs> Nicholas Alexander Springham. Now, this might be repeating what we said. If you were Jan, would you have strategized and said someone besides Widow when they are asked who should go home in hopes it would give panel another option to put someone in the bottom two, knowing going up against Widow for a Shaka Khan was suicide? Um, well, we didn't even really talk about that. That part of that had to have played in her nerves, as she talked about in Untucked, that she had to know. She had to know at that point if it was her. She was going home. There was no there was no way unless widow like shit on the stage that mm-hmm. they were going to they were going to send her home next to Shaka Khan when she was such a huge Shaka Khan fan that she, she, that that. she wasn't going to give she wasn't going to give 150 percent to sing and to, to lip sync in front of Shaka Khan. Not that Shaka Khan was aware where she was. I was going to say that it's so funny that you said that was in my notes. I forgot to say that. Did Shaka Khan know where she was? No, no. Shaka Khan had no idea. Whatever she was on, I want some to get yeah. me through this quarantine because she was on a completely different plane of existence. Yeah. When she came into Untucked, when you look at all of the other girls that are the, all of the other people that have come in and sat with the contestants on Untucked, mm-hmm. let alone the level of excitement that all of the girls were, she was. Like and I know that she's had challenges with substance abuse in the past oh, and stuff, she? but she w- yeah she was a huge cokehead. Mm-hmm. Um, but she just where like even like just kind of sitting and talking and stuff. I w- w- we we were both kind of not making fun of her, but we were laughing and kind of cracking jokes at Shaka Khan's expense on the couch last night. As far as that, where she realized halfway through that they were all men. I'm not even joking. <laughs> I had so little sleep last night. I feel like Shaka Khan right now. I don't even know where I yeah. am. It's gonna be your hair looks like it. I don't think my hair looks bad. 
I, I don't like it with the slicked back, but I also I don't get like that we're living in a world. Yeah, that... I, I'm doing it like, otherwise it would look, I, I need it to be controlled. That's the only way I can control it right now. Okay. And you know what? With it slicked back, I can totally make out the gray more in your hair. You can? The little gray streaks that you have. Yeah. I've noticed I'm starting to get a couple, a couple of the long ones in the front. I'm starting to get little gray. I'm starting to get little grays in the front too. But you sent me a Snapchat or you sent me a Marco Polo the other day of your hair, which you look like Sideshow Bob, but you could totally make oh, out because yeah. the camera, the camera, where you could totally make out how much more gray you have. I didn't yeah. realize how gray you were yeah. getting. <laughs> I'm going to edit that out. Some thing. twinks like that. You get to, you, you, it'll it'll add another place for you to meet people on silver silverdaddies.com. I don't have any gray. I don't know what you're talking about, Taylor. I think it was the lighting. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> uh, have you seen? Have you? What seen, was that laugh? <laughs> <laughs> right, I was doing Britta. <laughs> that was the same thing too. Where so they, Jan thought with me gone, she'd have a chance. No I promise we talk about this. No Jan- fucking way. When she goes like, where Britta is like, see you in New York, see you in the funny papers, <laughs> and walks out, and then she's like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and same thing with this Jan. Jan's like, by the way, Jan very very presumptuous. Like, world, thank you for loving me. Was that in the yeah? Where she I- said that, and I was like, and I actually goes like, I can't wait to go out there and meet everybody and make a lot of money or something. I'm like. Note from the future. <laughs> <laughs> Don't write any cash. Well, they also don't write any checks. They they are doing these girls wrong this season because on on Untucked when mm-hmm. Shaka Khan was slurring her you know inspirational speech to everybody, yeah. she talked about there are times that you will be winners and there were times that you will be losers. And as they said losers, they put Jan up on the script. Jan oh, listening really? to her. That it was very much it was this. I'm like that was an editorial choice on somebody's part. And they did a lot shitty. of they did a lot of foreshadowing on the show. In the in the top of the show, I have a note here. Uh, Jan said something about because um, I knew she was going home because the rumor mill. Uh, she goes something about dreams being stripped away. You know, yeah. and I was like, oh, because she's oh she's gonna see Brita's dream stripped away. I'm like, let's give it a day. <laughs> TikTok. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. This episode was produced by Luke Stamen. Be sure to join us next week and every week as we continue to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each brand new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 12. So, for Taylor the Latte Boy and myself, sashay away until next week. Thank you for listening to RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Have something to say? Email us at dragracerecap at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at dragracerecap. If you want access to more Season 12 content, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. You can follow Taylor the Latte Boy on Twitter and Instagram at Taylor. Follow Joe Batance on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Batance. That's J-O-E-B-E-T-A-N-C-E. The theme song was written by Lucian Piani and arranged and performed by Alex Lefebvre. This episode was produced by Luke Stamen. Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media podcast.